Welcome to Central Valley Politics. I am your host, Shannon Stevens. We are here with Amy Bublack. She is council person, um, Turlock City Council. She is running for mayor. Um, we also have Myra and Lindsay from my political communication class, and we are gonna ask her all kinds of cool questions. So let's get started. Lindsay, you have the first one. All right, so for those who have not been following the current Turlock mayor's race, what are the main issues that you think they should be aware of? So not from my agenda, but from the people's agenda, just having walked so much since July 1st, I've walked every day but one. Mm -hmm. I have not asked anybody to walk for me. So my, uh, my top things are what people have told me, and that would be the water rate increase, the roads, and public safety not, not having enough police. Okay, all right, my All right, currently there are 86 allotted police officers uh, for more than 80,000 Turlock uh, residents. As a retired police officer who is pro-police and public safety, what are your plans to strengthen the public safety departments of Turlock? First, we have got to get our economics in line. Our, our budget is a disaster. And so to hire more people, we have to have money. And so I am, my passion is economic development. So I'll be able to go out and start soliciting businesses, manufacturing positions, and that will also include jobs. And we have to bring in revenue. Right now we are outspending uh, what we have. And in a good economy, we are spending down with salary and benefits, and that's just not something that we should be doing. And so we need to hire more, but we've got to get more money. Okay. Thank you. All right. And then you helped create the Turlock Business Partnership Incentive Program. Um, how has that helped the city? And if elected, what additional steps will you take to attract more businesses to Turlock? Thank you for that. Yeah. So uh, Turlock Incentive uh, Program was a um, partnership incentive has been very successful. There's only one business that hasn't made it, which is, is kind of alarming to think that we've done so well. And then when you go downtown, you see that a lot of them are there. I made certain that it was not just for downtown because I, I want to represent every business. So uh, we're, I have my 2.0 and I tried to start it off, but we've, we haven't had enough staff to help us do it. I went and solicited the army and they are willing for free uh, to basically teach marketing social marketing. And so we had some classes, but it's not picked up yet. But since it is free, it's federal funding, right? They're already getting paid and that's what they do for a living. They're trying to get soldiers and people to be along. It's It kind of worked perfect and it would be the first partnership that's ever happened with federal funding for a city. That's pretty cool. All right, so before we get into the harder questions for mm -hmm. you, um, as you know, this is a political communication class. And so uh, my class has some questions for you about campaigning. Um, and the first one is, while we know that your gender is not going to affect your ability to govern, um, how has being the only woman running for mayor affected your campaign communication, if at all? Uh, the only way it's affected it is that I, I say it now, councilwoman, I never used to. Um, just, I, I don't know why I do it, but uh, they suggested I say it. Um, for me, I've even as a policeman, I didn't care. Uh, I just, I feel as if those things that you're born with are are obvious and then I can just move forward with what needs to be done. I don't see it as any different than any other person, um, which I guess it would be cool for some, but for me, I'm just looking at facts and positions and how we're going to help Trill. All right. Thank you. Uh, second question. Political communication scholars are super interest interested in social media right mm -hmm. now and how that affects campaigns. Um, how has that influenced your engagement with social media? Do you see it making a difference? 
it has made a tremendous, a tremendous amount of uh, help for me. First of all, boo black is a really tough name to say. Um, my, my husband struggles on it, and <laughs> I didn't take his name. Um, so what's interesting to me is that it has marketed me by doing social media. When I start with, hi, this is Sherlock Mayoral candidate Amy Bublack, right? So when I go to doors, people will be, hey, it's Amy Bublack, and they're saying it right. So I'm like, wow, because, I mean, it's been tough my whole time that I've been elected. Uh, the Mayor Lazar would never say my name right. And partially, I think he wanted me to take my husband's name. I'm not sure, but I'm just kidding. No, so, and you said gender didn't uh, okay. <laughs> okay, maybe it does. Uh, so, but for me, I, I, um, last night, I went, my husband and I went to a, just a different church and they were talking about alignment. And it was interesting because they said, okay, you know, sit around the room and who's going to talk about something that they're going to align with? And I said, I've aligned myself to only taking in positive communication. So I have hired some people to do my, my social media, and I have to be the, the person behind the, the video, you know, but I, I, I don't read any of it. I don't need negativity. It's not going to help me be more productive. It's not going to help me get where I need to be. And I think that's probably the hugest difference between me and the other candidates. One being, you know, a millennial, he's looking at things like, you know, that's how he grew up looking at this stuff. And I've always cautioned both of them, don't read it. It's not helpful. Have somebody else read it. Yeah, let them have the stress. Cool, interesting strategy. Um, so speaking of this campaign, it has been um, it's been kind of a hostile one, uh, and you have heavily criticized uh, Soycet's leadership. So uh, we'd like to know why you think that works. Um, if that kind of negative campaigning will have any sort of after effect on leadership, regardless of who is elected. So I guess our our definitions of of negativity. I I have to say that he and I are both on council, and to show where there's some differences i have to say what they are and if it's negative that's it's it's not meant it's just a matter of okay he he's spending down on money he's he's controlling uh micromanagement those are not my type of leadership so if i'm going to expose the difference between why you shouldn't just pick brad over both of us i need to show who i am and what i stand for so i don't consider my comparisons to be negative um i I was asked by so many people, especially employees, to run, to stand up to him because they want their creativity. They want to be empowered to do their jobs. And so if that's negative, that's that's a, his perception of it, not not intentional. It's just we have to show the difference. Thank you. Thank you. Myra. Okay, so now on to our questions from the class. Okay. Homelessness is a serious issue in Turnland. What concrete solutions will you introduce that provide mental health care and not just punishment if you get elected as mayor? Well, punishment wouldn't help. Um, as a retired cop, as you said earlier, uh, policeman, um, <laughs> it, it's it's not, you can't arrest yourself out of this. And so even the most recent thing about having, let's turn on all the lights in the parks, but then tell everybody they can't go in there, that, that kind of presupposes that people you know, most people want to go. It's contraindicating. If you know you want to go in the park at, at night and play basketball or something, but you can't because now we're going to lighten it, but not let you be in there. So I don't think that that helps. So um, in reference to what we should do for homeless, it's it's on a three tiered situation. There are those that are absolutely not going to participate in anything, and they're they're happy with what they're doing, and and they'll tell you that. There are those that have the uh, just just happened, whether it's a medical reason or they lost their job, and it's a matter of getting them some a roof over their head and, and having the respect of themselves again to to go out and get a job. And then the third one is obviously uh, those that have mental illness or they have some sort of addiction. 
And so those three things have to kind of fold. You can't just do one or the other. And I had started a couple, oh, probably about four months ago, we broke it down into five different venues. Um, we were sitting around and everybody was pointing fingers at each other. And I was like, let's just take a bite out of this. Nobody's gonna swallow this whole. So I took bathrooms and, um, and uh, business for uh, a group. And so the downtown association wanted us to provide somewhere for them to go to the bathroom because those who eat are going to have to process the food. So we had had people go out and they solicited to get free porta potties and everything was set up. It was going to be on a trailer. We were all excited. And then the mayor decided that none of that was allowed and we were going to go forward with turning the lights on and, and uh, licenses for the dogs. And so what we need to do and should I be the mayor is we have to build the partnerships back up. There are people ready and willing to participate, but if they don't feel as if they can, they won't. And we can't do this alone. We need all the smart people in this community to help us do what needs to be done and have their input. It should never be five elected people trying to just decide amongst themselves because it's, it's, you're not gonna have all the great ideas. So I think that we will get there, but we have to open that partnership line back up. Thanks. I certainly hope you are able to get that bathroom initiative going again. Yeah. It's so important. So important. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right. And then according to the Modesto Bee and the Turlock Journal, there have been rumors of problems within City Hall that are often attributed to Mayor Soyseth's management style. How do you plan to create a more positive atmosphere, atmosphere within City Hall? So the first thing I would do is probably have uh, my elected colleagues, the city manager, and then probably departments, all the employees, that, not all together, but independently try and get groups. And let them know, it, the, everybody should know that we, the electeds, have hiring and firing of city manager, city attorney. Those are our only two employees. They shouldn't worry about their jobs. No one should fear for their jobs. All these people that are working in the, the, the sewer department, the roads department, parks and rec, whatever it may be, police, fire, they shouldn't be worried about it. And I want them to know under our leadership, and it's not just me, we're going to empower you. You're the one. And if you do th great things, you get the credit in the newspaper. You get to be there and tell everybody, look what I did. It needn't be me. And the only time I think I need to really be upfront is if something bad happens. I should be like, hey, listen, I want you guys to know that we, we heard it, we'll, we'll take care of it, we're looking into it, whatever. But empowering our employees is number one in every department. They have to know that they're valued or they're gonna leave us and we're not gonna be able to provide the wonderful service we have in. Thank you. Okay, according to the Madassubi, for three years, you and Mayor Soiseth had almost identical voting records. What changed? It hasn't been three years, it was exactly two. The day I won the election, um, he called me, and it was 30 days after the election, he called me, I was coming home from a Bengals game, I was pretty excited, and uh, he just basically said, okay, where do you wanna sit now? And it was kind of weird, um, and my husband was in the car, and it was just kind of cold. Uh, and so shortly thereafter, I was watching, distancing myself. I was kind of embarrassed for about six months because it was like, wow, we were so close, what happened? But then I want to be a girl, right, and all emotional, so I was watching. And, and it's just, as you start to see things that people have told you, and you're like, nah, you know, I dismissed it. But as I started to pull myself away from it and see things, I realized that, that his character flaws and, and mine were not symbiotic that we needed to go in a different way. And all of us have had relationships, whether they're intimate or friendships or whatever, 
and they've broken up and this is just one of those that uh, you know I, I don't hate him I, I actually set him down stood him we were standing <laughs> and I told him I said I don't want anything from you I want something for you I want you to stop micromanaging and I want you to, to realize that we electeds want to be present and I'll, I'll forgo his responses but I'll suffice it to say I'm, I'm running for mayor <laughs> okay thank you in 2016, you voted in favor of a plant on the Tuolumne River, yet during your mayoral campaign, you had referenced the plant as Sherlock heading to a city water disaster. What changed your mind on the issue? So I was on the Regional Water Authority prior to Mayor Soyseth's tenure, and I was going along um, understanding that we need something. We do need a, 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 some sort of a treatment plant. But when it came down to how much it was going to be, that's when I always stopped and was like, hold on. I got it, you know, the fixed incomes, the, the, the people who can't afford this, there are a huge amount of people. So I want to make sure we can do this. So we, I stopped there. Then I get even more information and Mayor Sawyer Seth was teaching me about water and I was like, okay, okay, let's get there. Then all of a sudden you hear that it's only going to be these two people, us in the series, $288 million. And that's crazy. That's not doable for the, the, the normal person out there on the streets. And so having been a police officer, I've witnessed so many people who stole water and electricity to get by, a necessity of life, and they stole. So if we put people in that predicament, we're going to have more people having to either steal it or be homeless. And that's, that's not acceptable. We have to figure out something, but I can't spend the people's money that way and demand that they pay us for it. So, so what do you see as the solution then for water? Honestly, I have done some research on it, and what I see is, in 1995, MID was looking to have us uh, send directly to them uh, a pipeline. And at that time, it would have been different cities, and there was, uh, I want to say, five or six. And so they had accounted for, I want to say, less than $50 million. But th that was also to build out what their, their uh, holding is. Well, they already did that on their own, the holding, so they have full capacity for us and we could afford that for now until we can figure out something else. We're gonna buy it from them anyway in a bad year because our surface water treatment plant is a holding, not a holding facility. It's merely treat it and let it go by. So when we don't have any water, we're gonna buy it from MID and forgo the, the conflicts of interest that uh, are just readily available for you to, to find out about. It doesn't make sense. And if nothing else, we have to stop this process until we know that those conflicts had nothing to do with what's going to happen now. I, w I would step down if it was uh, as a police officer, if we were going to vote on something for DUI grant, because it was countywide, and I thought, well, if I, even if I you know, don't want overtime and I get ordered to do it, then I would be recipient of the money. Tow companies, I chose not to because we share tow companies. So just in those minimal things, but when somebody is actually an employee of MID, then they're not, and then they're using another uh, institute to uh, circumvent them knowing, somebody knowing that they're getting money from being a consultant. That's not helpful to the, the public. We need to be on the forefront. He's a smart guy, he knows water. Why not tell everybody all along that this was happening? It would have made more sense to me. And by he, you mean Mayor Sorcerer? Mayor Sorcerer. Okay. All right. So um, you count, among your accomplishments on city council, your fight to provide transparent accountability and expenditures of public funds. Um, 
you know, the Modesto Beach, her elect journal, has been reporting on the depletion of mm -hmm. the general fund. Um, if elected, um, how would you do things differently, and what role did you play in that happening as a council member? So, um, the, the person that we just hired, our city manager, is kind of a, he's one of those fix-it financial people, thank goodness, because we're in a bad way. When uh, Mayor Smith first got elected, I actually was one who voted with it for him to sign off on finances and, and, and contract agreements, because I thought that that made sense, you know? But now, as the years have progressed, I've realized that there's too much conflict there and there's and there's no ability for you to retain everything. If somebody's donating to your campaign or, you, you know, how do you have the time with a full-time job to read all these this material and you're not an expert in it? And so we started spending. Backing up to the, the uh, PERS, the retirement funding, I actually was in agreement that we should do it, that we should pay down some of the debt because that would be helpful. What I didn't know and I didn't realize I should ask is, are we going to put that away back into that? It went straight into our general fund and was spent on things that I wouldn't have agreed to. I didn't get the fire endorsement, and I will tell you that I truly believe it's because I said, no, we can't hire more firefighters right now. We, we need to make sure our employees get a raise first and then see what's left. I just, I think that all employees are important. I don't want to have any favoritism, even as a police officer. It's all about our employees and making sure that they want to stay here and that they're paid well. So our finances have just kept going. We've spent a tremendous amount, and I say we, not me, uh, the four, on travel. And, and to up to and including recently, we had uh, a, um, the, new mayor, the new city manager had said, okay, we have a really deplorable situation here with our, our finances. Next vote, okay, there's three people, three elected officials going down to um, Long Beach. And so it's gonna be 2,000 a piece or whatever, but we just found out we had no money. And so I said, well, hold on, let's, let's talk about this. And they're like, no, no, the vote is to see who's gonna vote when they get there. And I'm like, but the vote should be, let's not do this. We, we should be taking care of our employees first. To us going somewhere on the, the taxpayer's dime is not, it's not appropriate. And they voted for one to spend the money anyway. Well, it's, it's, already, uh, it's already budgeted. Well, we've gone over budget and then, you know, this is, this is a bad time to be spending any money on something other than what we need, making sure our employees are, are trained appropriately, our roads are gonna get fixed. You can get almost anything online. And I knew that our city manager, who was new to California, was going down there anyway. He could have picked up all the information for us, you know, whether it be on online or um, pamphlets or whatever. So the finances have been really difficult for me. And I keep saying, hold on, let's, let's, let's slow up on this. Even the other night, we had one on art. We're going to have two pieces of art that may be um, sold. And then if there's any money, and I don't think it's going to be much, but if there's any money, let's put it into an art um, situation, like a, a special fund. And I said, we don't have any money. Art shouldn't be our priority right now. When we have more surplus, let's put it in there. But right now, the money came from the general fund to, to have this, these art things put out. Let's put it back there for now until such time. And, and I don't understand why I should caution so much and be heard so little. It's just interesting to me that people are willing to just spend the money as if it was it was theirs to spend. I've never spent uh, money for them to, to just go on all these trips. My husband and I, when we went and got the national track and field that we uh, hosted here years a couple of years ago, he and I went back there, not on the taxpayer's dollar, and it ended up bringing probably close to $2 million in of revenue. 
And I'm proud of that. I'm proud of showcasing Stanislaus and being able to do all, the, you know, showcasing Turlock and not spending the taxpayers' money. So, um, excellent explanation. Thank you. And quick, quick follow-up. Would you uh, work as mayor to change that signatory power? Would you make it take it back to the council and out of the mayor's hands? I would take it back to the city manager and out of the mayor's city hands. Manager. Got yes, it. I, and that would be I would be one of the first things I would want to do. Is I don't want that responsibility. I'm, I'm not a financial genius, and I don't portray to be such. I want people who are, are I hired to do their jobs to do them, and that's that's what the city manager is there for. If if they don't do their job, then we can discuss that at a different time. But I don't need that. All right. Uh, next question is also a money question, but a different kind. All right. So in 2017, Modesto passed Measure T. That's the 10% tax on cannabis business. Right. Um, do you think that uh, that's a good idea for raising revenue? Do you think Turlock should follow? Should we have dispensaries? Well, I'd be one of only uh, one, one out of five votes. But right now, what I look at is that the President of the United States and the Attorney General, his Attorney General, are going to offer us federal funding. So if we need police and firefighters, we're going to get matching grants. I can assure you that they're going to say, you have to be non-sanctuary city and not uh, violating the federal law of cannabis. So until we know that we can handle money without needing federal funding, then I'm fine. But I don't want us to be in a position where we start to say, okay, we'll, we'll get money this way and lose funding that we've had previously. It's important to me that we can get police and firefighters and dispatchers through these grants. And I'm positive that's not going to happen if we do this. So it's a matter of finding where that, that, that sweet spot is, is whether we can get it and not offend the federal funding. That's interesting. I'm, I, I'm interested in your viewpoint on that on the cannabis. That mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I'm curious about what you said about sanctuary city because that seems to be a big part of the identity mm -hmm. of California. Right, right. So how would you balance that out? That seems like those seem like two different fraught issues, both sure. but very different. Well, and and it's not ours to say. It's I mean the governor makes that that decree, if you will. But for us, we need to be not not stepping into anything to, to harm us, the city, our municipality, in getting funding, and so. Those are two things that you can see are controversial in the, the difference between Democratic and Republican. And all I'm saying is for the, it doesn't need to be me a Republican, me a Democrat. It's me trying to find the best funding for us, for our community, a nonpartisan position as mayor. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So we know this is a local election, mm -hmm. but with this week's news, it seems important to ask, what are your thoughts on President Trump's escalation of anti-immigration rhetoric as we come up to the election? I have not watched any television or looked at any any Facebook. I am absolutely the only thing I have on, even at home right now, as I left the house, is is Christian music that's soft, no no hardcore stuff. I am trying to stay in a, my own environment, like I talked about a little earlier. I am absolutely staying in my alignment of positivity, and it may sound crazy, but it's working for me. I'm still smiling, <laughs> and I'm still having fun. So I'm not sure what's going on. I absolutely no television. Um, well, we can we can give you sort of a, a rough overview. Okay, sure. So so there's don't uh, ruin my my zen. I, I will try not to ruin your zen <laughs> as as much as although I make my students watch the news this oh. semester. I know it's rough. I'm we gonna take, flunk the class. <laughs> we take weeks off. Um, but there has been a ramping up of um, anti-Mexican and anti-immigration um, rhetoric, particularly with the group of migrants who are coming up from Honduras. 
um, linking that to crime, linking that to terrorism, um, and saying that if you vote for Democrats, that's going to be opening the doors to crime. Um, and so essentially linking up immigration with terrorism and with crime. And who's linking this? Um, the president is right okay. now, this okay. week, um, some folks who are campaigning, not, not locally. Right. It's not happening locally. Um, which was, so we preface that by saying yeah. we understand that's a national issue, yeah. but it certainly is something that um, that has uh, been important, mm -hmm. I'd say, for the Central Valley, particularly with our agricultural workers, mm -hmm. um, but with everyone. I mean, racist uh, rhetoric is problematic, and so I'm hoping you can at least address that for us a little bit. Right. So um, obviously diversity is, uh, is an awesome thing it, it, if we actually embrace the the unity of people. Uh, I, I find sometimes people talk about the inclusion, but they're actually want to portray the differences of, of people. And that's not helpful because unity comes from from the commonality in my mind. Um, I don't I don't think that that's something that Termic's been pretty good about. I, mean, I don't think that we I, like you say, it's it's federally and we're looking here just talking. Uh, Termic's had some issues, but we've addressed them pretty quickly. And I don't really, I've never felt like it's been a, a big issue. I mean, people do ask me, you know, what my ethnicity is when I walk, which really? is <laughs> even even in 1990 when I ran as a wow. uh, getting out of uh, Stanislaus, it was <laughs> it was interesting. I guess that blue eyes and the olive cover color just kind of people wonder, but um, I, I don't really, I I don't think it's been addressed much here. And obviously, as you guys know, we just. Uh, had a partnership with the university regarding uh, diversity, and I'm, I'm not sure how that makeup's gonna take place. And again, I hope that they really start focusing on the true inclusion about the commonalities, because it, it it scares me when people wanna have an inclusion party, but they wanna have it with everybody saying their differences, because they just don't see that. I mean, when I'm on the door talking to somebody, I'm trying to find a commonality. And so I'm not like going, oh, you you look different than me or you sound different than me, you know. So I, I, I think that that's how our community is perceived. So mm -hmm. if that helps your, right. your question. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And then to close it up, with Election Day just a few days away, do you have anything you want to say to the undecided voters or for those who might decide to stay home? Well, being the only Stanislaus grad as an elected official now, and, and uh, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that CSU students need to be out there and be a part of this community because I'm trying to, to bring them. Look at Nicole Larson. I mean, you know, I, I tried to kind of mentor her from when she was when I was out and she was in two time student body president, both of us. Right. So I want our students to be out there and participate in democracy, whether they vote for me or not, isn't the issue. It's about being a part of your community and wanting to stay here afterwards because you feel like you have a stake in it. And that's where I came from. I, I came here for college in 83, and I love Turlock and CSU Stanislaus so much that I, my husband's like, well, you know, why don't we move to Arizona? I'm like, no, I can't leave Turlock, not like this. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's, it's, people need to know that this is something that everybody has to bring to the table and be a part of something really cool. And Turlock is amazing. I love Turlock. And so I hope that students will absolutely get involved and vote and be a part of this process, win, lose, or draw. I'm still on for two years, and I, I still want Stanislaus to, to reap the benefits of an amazing city and uh, the city to reap from the university. Thank you. Anything else you want to add before we close this out? Uh, just in case you don't know who to vote for, I would hope that people would vote for me, Amy Black, for mayor. And uh, I will be having uh, some of my volunteers I've got like a dozen volunteers that are going to drive people to their poll sites if necessary, so they can either 
uh, catch me on my Facebook or call uh, 620-9814 and we'll get you to your poll and you can vote for whomever you need. Thank you so much. Thank you guys. It's really been a pleasure. Thanks. All right. Uh, That wraps up this episode of Central Valley Politics. Uh, I am your host, Shannon Stevens. And again, uh, thank you so much, Amy Bublack, for joining us and good luck in the mayoral race.